there's an article in, on uh, KFGO.com. If you go to KFGO.com, you're going to see an article uh, called North Dakota Snap Administration Under Scrutiny by Feds as Denial Airs. Application Processing Times Rise. And it's written by Tasha Carvel, who I'm going to have on in just a little bit. Uh, but I called uh, Judy Lee. Now, Judy is uh, someone that I worked with. Uh, she's worked in the, well, she's been a member of the North Dakota State Senate. I believe, I, I think we came in together. And, and so that means she's been there since mid-90s. Uh, let's bring yeah, her in. 90, they elected in 94. Yep, same time as I was. Yep, so we're yep. we're the same time. Uh, Judy, you, you headed up Human Services Forever. You understand the program inside and out. Th- this is a real I'm going to speak for myself first, and I'll let you just speak to the to the X's and O's here. But this is a real embarrassment for North Dakota. There's people that aren't receiving the help they need through SNAP. What happened? Well, and it's not only SNAP. It's all the economic assistance programs because everything has to be reevaluated. Um, and the problem is, we and we know it's there. I mean, I have gotten many calls. So... <clears throat> But part of the issue is, here's a little bit of background. <clears throat> Excuse me. The uh, When COVID was on, there was a public health emergency declared by the president. I'm not beating up on anybody. That was the right thing to do at the time. And during that time, people came on to Medicaid with some special circumstances, and nobody could be taken off during the whole public health emergency. So even though there were people who after things settled down, got back to their jobs, they didn't need the Medicaid anymore. We couldn't take them off. We were getting, for many months, a 1,000 new people a month, which for North Dakota is a lot. So anyway, at the end of the public health emergency, everybody that was on Medicaid, which would be all the same kind of economic assistance programs that the food stamps, which is now called SNAP, and other programs are. There's a, a qualification process that one has to go through in order to get those benefits. They all had to be reassessed. Even the people, and I'm talking about just Medicaid now, but it's the same kind of thing here. People who would always be qualified, you know, somebody who might have been in a nursing home or uh, having services provided for people with developmental disabilities. I'm talking Medicaid, not SNAP now, but all of the programs. They all had to be reevaluated, and so it was a huge work burden for every state in the country. So the, the state had to hire more people to help with this, and they weren't all familiar with it. They set up a new plan, which they thought would work, and I think this has probably happened to all of us in one circumstance or another at work where you, you're in kind of a crisis situation and you have to fix what's going on. So. I'm not beating up on the department. I, yeah. I want to make that clear. But, but Judy, it has been Judy, very, very trying for the for the individuals. I've gotten many calls, have, have helped them figure out whom we could speak with in order to resolve the problems. There are new plans in place, and here's a really good one. We have a new, new director whose but, ex, expertise is in this. But, Judy, I, I just want to add this. I mean, you say that, you know, there was very trying. North Dakota, we're not the only state that went through that. I mean, every state no. had to go through that, and so, but exactly. we're we're one of the states that didn't do it and didn't do it well, and and I just want to point that out. Now, you say yep, we, we have a, a new administrator. Talk to me about this, Judy. Well, we the uh, um, Wayne Salter is the new commissioner of the Department of Health and Human Services, 
He came from Texas. He is uh, was an assi- the assistant director there, and part of his expertise is economic assistance programs. So I'm encouraged that he is going to be able to help us with this. We have good people working in the department who are trying to make things work. But when they had to hire extra people to do the uh, preliminary screening, they weren't experts because they were new. And it it, it didn't work. I'm not saying that, that it, it, and it probably should have, but for whatever reason, well-intended people set up a plan they thought was going to work, and it did not work. There's no question about that. And so those of us who are involved with this all the time have the same frustrations about it as as you are expressing. But I really do feel that we're we're on the way to doing this better. We don't want anybody deprived. We are the ones who get the calls, even though we're not the ones who do the day-to-day work with this. But, but we know whom to call. And I have had several good people call about challenges that they have had in their own family getting qualified again for services that should never have been interrupted. And in some cases, the providers of services have been able to continue to provide the service, but they haven't been reimbursed. They've been good enough to do that. With SNAP, you can't do that. You can't pass out the vouchers, you know. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it affects more than just the, the SNAP program, and it has been a mess. Um, so I've, I'm hoping that the new programs that have now been established to resolve this, because it, it has been a mess. Yeah, uh, we'll take care of things because we need to serve people who are accustomed to having these services provided. Uh, that we we need to we need to do this. There's no question about that. So th- this, I, I just <laughs> want to make sure I understand and get this get around yeah. this. So what you have is is you have you have more people added to it because of COVID. They're locked in. They're locked right. up. And and so the federal government does what it could do to help people out during a pandemic. Then afterwards, there has to be a reevaluation of who belongs on, who belongs off. Every state has to do this. North Dakota is the one that drops the ball, as well as some other states, and we'll get to that in a second. But North Dakota has all of these individuals that don't get the help they need. And that's done because of the North Dakota Department of Health and Human Services. Is that fair to say? It is fair to say, but it's unfair to say that it was done casually or that they were not trying to do what was right. But that the plan they put in place was one that they thought would work. And, and you know, it, it's just, it didn't. It didn't work the way it should have. And so we're, there's been a struggle internally, too. There are good people trying to help these folks, too. But it's been overwhelming for everybody. And the human service zones which, like for Fargo-Cass, that's what we're one county that's a human service zone, but there are some in the state that are several states in a zone. They help with all of these programs, but the economic assistance uh, part of this is actually done in by being sent to the state in this plan that hasn't been working as well as it should. And okay. so that has been part of the issue as well, has been this change of the way things are being done. And I'm trying to not to make it complicated, but but it is complicated. There's no way so. to not make it complicated. <laughs> I mean, in fairness yeah. to you and others, there's there's no way to ever make this subject not complicated and, until you yeah, break it down true. until exactly what, what people do have. Do you, yeah. speaking to all of those constituents out there, speaking to all those North Dakotans out there, do you believe that when it comes to this program and the administration of it, we're on the road to recovery? Yes, I do. And this this got started on the road to recovery 
uh, I can't give you a time date because I, you called me quickly, but, but the, the new plan is in place. I really do believe that it's going to be rectified. If somebody has a problem with it, suggest that they call their senator or representative. Uh, and if they, not everybody's on the Human Services Committee, but everybody can inquire. And I often get calls from other legislators about how do I do this? That's okay. But I, I can't have 137,000 people calling me to help do whatever has to be done because that's yeah. how many people we've had on, on some of these services. So, uh, But I'm happy to help, and their legislators will be too. So uh, we will we can help do that. But we, we can't change things, but what we can do is figure out what's wrong. Sometimes the information hasn't been provided totally, and, they ha- and they've sent it back, and that kind of stuff. And that is more of an issue when we have a bunch of new people who have been added because of this big influx of of um, having to do this all within a short period of time with the requalification. And so the feds, you know, think it's real easy to say, well, you got to do this all over again in a short period of time. But every state is struggling with that. And, not, you know, not maybe every we can state, learn from others now. Yeah, not every state well, had well, the trouble North Dakota did, though. I mean, no, but, they did not. Yes. But every program is not the same. And the program that, yeah. that was chosen, I'm sorry that it didn't work, but so are the people who developed it. They thought it was going to work. Yeah. As always, Judy, good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on with such short notice. You bet. Thanks. Yep. Appreciate the chance. North Dakota State Bye Senator now. Judy Lee. When we come back, the per- the author of the article that got my attention, uh, Tasha Carvel. You know, the article points out, uh, and just if you're joining us right now, we're talking about an article that was written at kfjo.com by uh, Tasha Carvel that deals with SNAP in North Dakota and how North Dakota has been taken to the woodshed uh, by the federal government for not getting it to the people that need it and qualify for it. Tasha Carvel is in studio with us, as is Tyler Axness, who for a number of years in the North Dakota legislature served on that human service committee. Uh, you know, Tasha, how did the, what was the genesis of this story? Sure. Secretary Vilsack, the agriculture secretary, sent a letter to a lot of states, to be fair, last week. Uh, 44 governors got this letter saying you're not keeping up with timeliness of processing applications for SNAP and also your error rates which just means you're denying people who deserve to be in SNAP uh, the ability to be in it are, are are both going up in your state, and so you've got to you've got to deal with it. And um, and so a lot of states got this, but what was remarkable when I started looking into the numbers was how far North Dakota had slipped. For years, we were kind of gold standard for at least a decade. We were we were in the top you know tier of states in all of these metrics. And by um, about 2017, our timeliness metrics started slipping pretty dramatically. And then in the last two years, our error rate has skyrocketed. And, and Tyler, that's one of the things that we talked about. Yeah, well, and that's uh, listening to Senator Lee, whom I got a lot of respect for. She was chair of that committee uh, when I was serving. I was a minority member and uh, had conversations, kept things afloat here. But uh, I, I don't doubt that COVID and the pandemic amplified some of the issues we had. But what I was hearing was that this is a COVID-related issue. Uh, but as you just heard from Tasha Carvel in the KFJO News Center, uh, the the fall, the 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 plummet from where we were started in 2017, which is what three years before mm-hmm. a pandemic, but a year into a new administration after a 2016 election. So there were a changing of the guard, so to speak, in the governor's office and the now uh, human services at that time, where the approach was more businesslike, and we were told this was a reinvention of government. So I, I, I can respect that in 2020, 2021, 
The pandemic probably took what changes made them even worse, but I think those changes started this ball rolling down that hill in 2017. Well, and the problem is, guys, you can't go back. I mean, you, you can't yeah. go back. You can fix it today, but right. some it costs somebody money that they don't have. Yeah. I mean, there, there's credit card debt involved with this. There's there's the generosity right. of family involved with uh -huh. this. I mean, you, you can't go back on some of this, Tasha. We received, I received, after I wrote the article yesterday, um, emails from families saying, um, we got denied and we should not have been denied. We're sure of it. And what can we do? How? What is there anything we can do? There is an appeals process. I was able to send them a link to the appeals process, and um, you know, but over fifty percent of the people that were denied should have been should not have been denied last year. That's a huge number. That's huge. Yeah. It's eye popping. And uh, those appeals take time. This is not a, okay. I'll get back to you in an hour. As right. uh, as Senator Lee was saying, I mean, they've expanded staff, and this is a process to go through. You think about uh, the denial. And I got those texts in the afternoons live here on the eastern side of the News and Views Radio Network uh, yesterday when I, when I broached the subject saying, I got denied. I had a friend that got denied. A month later, nothing changed. N nothing financially, but all of a sudden we got accepted when we uh, went back to the process. And so you, you lose a month's time of a benefit that you need for supplemental nutrition for your child, for your elderly grandmother, whoever it is that qualifies, and they were denied for no reason Besides the state air. Well, and if you look at it just simply from the economic standpoint, it's money moving into North Dakota. If you want to look at it just simply from a, this cold, heartless, you know, the, gee, uh, Tyler, I, you know, let's stick up for the legislative side just a little bit, right? Yeah. I, I mean, you and I served uh -huh. in it for a long time. You know, this is not a legislative problem. No, this is an executive branch it, problem. This was this was a change. I said sometimes if it isn't broke, you don't have to fix it. And quite frankly, the the way of which the Health and Human Services was handling the SNAP program, it was working. We were the gold standard. A changing in the governor's office as the executive branch, he changed up who was running that, and it was Chris Jones at the time, who I had great conversations with. Chris Jones' background is business. He admitted as such. That approach didn't work in this case. Yeah. Stick around, guys. Couple, just a couple more questions. I'll let you go, okay? Tyler Axness, host of Afternoons Live. Uh, Tasha Carvel, absolutely great job of writing this article and others. Uh, check the work. Uh, you know, go to kfjo.com and read it. And here's the thing. There's a lot of families out there listening to us right now that you've gone through this and you don't know why. This might be the first that you've heard about it. It, it. You just know that the problem exists in your family. And so if we're helping you in that way, uh, th that alone is worth it. In studio with me right now, I'm Joel Heitkamp, your host. Amy Eiler is my co-pilot for another half hour or so, and uh, we're working together this week while Abby Miller's gone. But Tyler Axness, host of Afternoons Live here on the home base of the News and Views Radio Network, KFGO, and and uh, Tasha Carvel, who wrote the article again, I'll direct you to kfgo.com and, and look at her article on Snap. I, guys, sometimes from the mouths of – I just want to share this, okay, because we were talking about how North Dakota was notified by the federal government that they're not handling and not getting Snap benefits to people. Here's, here's a, a text message I got that I want to give you both the chance to respond to. Uh, it says, I work in social services, nail in the head. Chris Jones, 
came in, guns a-blazing, and turned every program on its head, causing immense turnover in staff. Why was it necessary? Don't fix what's not broken. Tyler Axness. Yeah, uh, and Chris Jones, I think I'd said on air before we got you your local headlines there, was uh, on, on my show on the afternoons here on the eastern side of the News and Views Radio Network, when we're talking about child care and the issue, and finally uh, we, we had business leaders finally get behind those of us saying this is not just a uh, child care issue, it's an economic issue. People aren't able to go to work based on this, and Chris Jones is on the show, and this isn't necessarily uh, a dig. It's one of those, it was an eye-opening comment for, from him to me when he goes, look, I'm from the business side of this. Now I'm uh, in charge of the human services department. So I had my eyes open about how big of an issue this was, but he made it a point to say that this is a business background. And if the buck's going to stop anywhere, you got to take it that step up. But who appointed the business leader to head up the health and human services, which is Doug Burgum, talking about the reinvention of government. And you got to run it like a business. Well, and, and I'm getting text messages about that, about is this part of the whole, because we go back to 2017, yeah. which is where this problem already kicked in. Uh, Tasha, you know, reinventing government, Burgum, that was his mission, what he did here. But 2017, the problem started showing up. Right. North Dakota was in the top five of all states for a decade prior to 2017, or at least six or seven years prior to 2017, ranked number two in 2014 for timeliness of processing applications. And by 2017, we had dropped to 29th. And then by 20, uh, 20, no, 2019, we had dropped to 43rd or something like that in the country. Like It was a precipitous drop in two years after being consistently in the top five states. I want to I want to let you address this these numbers because I think somewhere along the line with the conversation we had with Judy Lee it got confusing to the people that are listening. It says Joel, I think the bigger problem of having that program not working is there's over a hundred thousand people on this program. That tells me as a state we're not doing very well. Uh, that one in seven people need it. I. I, that, those numbers qu aren't quite right. I, only less than 6% of the state's population is on SNAP, and that's about 50,000 people. So um, about half of what we're talking about there. Um, you know, SNAP is, and North Dakota is very low on the totem pole for per, per capita participation in SNAP. We're third lowest in the country. So in na nationally, most, most states, 12% of people are on SNAP. In North Dakota, it's 6%. So it's a very, very small number for North Dakota. Okay. And, yeah. Tyler, you and I both know that all of these these constant, you liberals sticking up for SNAP, I can start reading off all these text messages. Yeah. The truth of the matter is, in, in a lot of cases, we're talking about elderly. We're talking about senior citizens that have paid in, have worked their butt off uh, their entire lives, and now, you know what, because of limitations, maybe it's a nursing home, maybe it's because they had to do uh, anything else to get into retirement, whatever it is, the standards are there to qualify for these. And you know what, they've earned this benefit. And quite frankly, uh, this whole liberal talk is quite ridiculous when it comes to uh, – you know, the loving thy neighbor certainly seems to be uh, missing in the equation when it's always uh, trying to throw an ideology here. Yeah, I want to share this text message. Okay. For the record, uh, I am I work for Human Services. Last legislature, it was approved for Human Services to get reorganized to save the people of North Dakota money on their property taxes. Due to all this reorganization, the turnover is high. And the workers that are still working are doing their best to get the SNAP 
app done in a timely manner and trying to fix the ones uh, that close wrongly. So maybe uh, call an office and talk to an eligibility worker. What, what, what I find uh, interesting, because they're, they're right, and I don't think anybody having this conversation is doubting that these individuals are trying to do the job with what resources they have. I know that conversation started uh, back when I was in the legislature. Uh, well, how do we find a way through what we mandate on counties to reduce property taxes? Well, here's an idea. How about we pay the counties what we're telling them they got to do? And why that turns into any change of organization, I don't, I don't quite know how that got rolled out, if that was uh, underneath this administration, but changes apparently happen. Okay, this isn't partisan, what I'm about to say. This is that whole business, I'm going to reinvent government. That's what it is. Business, I'm going to reinvent government. That's the attitude Doug Burgum took. I'm going to add one more thing to this. The trouble started. Post-COVID, the trouble got worse. Okay, now what happened? Somebody wanted to be president of the United States. That's fine. But the ball was here to keep your eye on while you're doing that. I don't know who he surrounded himself with that he said, hey, make sure this problem is taken care of. I'm hoping that someone sent him an email. I'm hoping someone called his cell. I'm hoping somebody texted him and said, Governor, we've got elderly people that aren't receiving the benefits that they deserve and need. These, these people are living by very, very modest means, and this money goes to help them buy groceries. Yeah. Now, for you farmers out there, the, the relationship we have with SNAP, okay, that, keep this in mind. If, if as a country we wanted to separate ag and SNAP, the loser is ag, okay? There are more legislators, more congressmen in, in states with higher populations than North Dakota and then in ag country. We are fortunate to be lined up with SNAP programs included in our ag bill and we want to continue that so what what makes that work is if we in these rural areas actually utilize and administer snap right because if i'm sitting there in new york city and i'm going wait 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 a second here this is a partnership between snap and ag and yet they're not even taking care of the snap in the states that they're definitely taking care of ag all under the name of reinventing government? Doug, Burgum, Doug, th this is on your lap. This is on your plate. Th this is a problem. And, and here's the problem, Tasha, I want to know from you in the research you did for this article. Somebody saying they can't find the article, go to kfgo.com, look into the news, you'll find the article. Um, but they're not going to be reimbursed. There's nobody going to made whole, be made whole on this. The hope is just to fix it for the future. That's right. You can appeal the decision and then start getting payments going forward, but there's no not going to be any retrospective pay. Yeah. I don't know. Joel, it's either dollars not in your local economy through your grocery store, your convenience store, or somebody decided that they have to go without eating that day. Yeah. There's one of those two things. Yep. And we, and we all know that that means cat food. We all know that that means loss of dignity. We all know, you know, there, there are so many people in North Dakota that are wealthy and, and have done well that we forget about those who haven't. We forget about those elderly living in that home, just trying to live out as many years in their, their, their home that they can, and they rely on this. It's not a coincidence, I believe, that we just found out that the food pantries have seen their most number of individuals come through the door for help in need of getting food. 
at a time we're learning that the assistance that we all pay into wasn't there for them. That's 100% right. In fact, if you ask the Great Plains Food Bank, they will say that they understand that these people have been denied, have asked for SNAP and been denied it, a lot of the people coming in their doors. So person says, didn't catch the first part of your discussion. Are you saying there were mistakes made that denied applicants SNAP and that they should have qualified? If so, should they reply? Yeah. Reapply, I mean. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that that's the that's the idea. They over fifty percent of the people that were denied last year should not have been. See, this is the typical mindset here, you guys. It, and t- you know, Tasha, you're the journalist. I'm going to involve it, t- you know, Tyler's a commentator just like me. But you know, the other day you said North Dakota has thousands of jobs. Anyone can get a job. So now you're saying there's people who need to get food stamps. How do you answer well, a, a text there, message like there that? There are certain jobs or which people can only work part-time because guess what? Child care isn't readily available, so you have a single mother that can work maybe four hours out of a day. That's not being able to pay for rent, whatever else that the uh, the needs are. Maybe a student loan that's still having to be paid back through the Bank of North Dakota. Not only that, but many of the people that are receiving SNAP are, uh, SNAP are people of special needs. Yeah. Almost, many- almost 50% of... SNAP recipients in North Dakota are in working families. Almost 50% are in working families. They are working. Yes. Yeah. I, You know, basically, if that's the case, if this text messenger wants to say that, you know what, at the next business, tell them to pay more. Fair? Yeah. Yeah, so a little tell, bit more take-home money more. would be all right. Yeah. You know, it might solve some of and, and that's why I say some of these individuals don't have the opportunity to advance in their careers. They're people of special needs. They're elderly people who don't work. And we're, we sit there and we want a strong farm program. If you think that this doesn't affect the farm program in the eyes of Congress, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Great job, Tasha. Great great job to get people talking, thinking. If this is reinventing government, then Doug Burgum's got a lot to answer to. Well, and if uh, there's a changing of the guards in the, the White House and he's out there campaigning trying to get a spot, I just hope it's not the USDA. <laughs> it was said so well. I want to share a couple of text messages here. One says, Joel, my son is developmentally disabled. He makes $6 an hour less than what the market is paying. He works at a state institution. He gets 23 dollars and 30 cents per month in snap benefits think about that i am i am trust me and i understand and i wish the well for your son i i this is why i like to pay certain taxes another one it's easy as governor to tout how little people need assistance then to find out 50 percent of denials are done in air i want to wonder what the percentage would be if they hadn't done an air and if the governor would be able to tout that number around probably once have looked good on the campaign trail How, you still got a job Go back in my podcast go, or go back in my blogs. Go back anywhere. Governor Burgum needs to resign. He needs to resign. I'm not – he needs it, – it's about doing the job. I don't think he's an evil man. I don't think that he's committed of a crime. I don't think any of that. That, that isn't my point. North Dakota deserves a governor. You lost. You lost. Come home. Do the job or give the job to somebody that will do it. Got my butt chewed. Get ready for it. And I think that this uh, butt chewing may be right. It says you guys are talking about it like this was some sort of screw up. Uh, This uh, like it wasn't intended. B.S. This is a feature, not a bug in how Republicans operate government.
Okay, I can take a butt chewing as well as anybody. Maybe it was intended. Maybe maybe that was the whole point, right? But I did receive a, a message from a friend, a friend back home who has helped out people through his service, uh, his bulk service for years uh, when it came to uh, energy assistance, when it came into, you know, keeping people's house warm. You know, we do that as well, people in need. That's That's what separates us from other countries. Uh, you know, when when you sit there and think, okay, are we a kind country? Are we the kind of country that look out for the people that made this country better, that serve this country in uniform? And trust me, many of these people are individuals in unif- that wore the uniform of this country. Well, energy assistance is one of those. Fuel assistance is one of those. Now, ask yourself a simple question, right? If you goof that up, what does that mean for those folks, those elderly folks in the wintertime? And this individual who who had dealt with it for years, he said they turned the energy assistance program into a mess also. I mean, this reinvention of government, I mean, okay, let's look at what Doug Burgum did and then take a step back. I didn't vote for Jack Dalrymple, but he knew how to run government. He knew how to keep the lights on. I didn't vote for John Hoven, but John Hoven knew, you know, exactly what and how human services should run, or at least he stayed out of its damn way. I didn't vote for Ed Schaefer, and yet Ed Schaefer didn't go in and say, okay, whatever George Sinner's got here, wipe it off, done. I've got a new attitude. Everything's going to go my way, but that's what Doug Burgum did. That's what he did. He named it reinventing government. Starting in 2017, more and more people got told, no, go away. There's nothing for you here. When for years there was something for them here. Individuals like the text message we got of a, of a young child that, that developmentally disabled, out there, working, making less because of his circumstances in life. We help through food stamps. Snap, call them whatever you want, but that's our way of helping. And so where do we sit? Now, I'm going to add one more thing to this. If, if Doug Burgum and, and his tribe and people that are sitting there just that adore this man, that will come to the altar of Doug Burgum, if those individuals, because Lord knows that Doug's serving at a different altar right now, he's written us off as a state, and he's left a great big pile of crap here that we got to deal with. But let's let's just take a step back and ask ourselves whether or not this money then did come into the state to work its way through the state. Because they didn't starve. I get that. That's that's all you ultra-conservatives point. They didn't starve. They're living. They didn't freeze. Yeah, okay. The money that some family member or somebody else gave or some food pantry gave, that's that's dollars, quite frankly, that didn't then go into the economy that were supposed to be in their hands from the federal government. And that's why we pay in to federal taxes for things like this. And so be real proud of yourself when you say to hell with these people. Just be real proud of yourself. If that's the kind of person you want to be when you see St. Peter, then good luck to you. I don't want to be that person. I, I want through the pearly gate. I want them to understand that while I was on this earth, I helped every person that that was in need, that didn't have the possibility of being able to afford the fuel, afford the food. 
I want to be that person from that country that administers a program as good as what this has been right. we got a lot to be embarrassed of in North Dakota on this.